Hello, everyone, and welcome in to Swarm Talk. It has been a while. It has been a long time. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas, and I hope you had, you know, whatever you might be celebrating. Happy New Year as well. And look, ladies and gentlemen, we are live from downtown San Antonio, um, a top beautiful downtown San Antonio, where I will tell you right now, I... Here, here's how I feel about the city of San Antonio. If you don't know, you're like, Bryce, why are you here? Uh, the All-American Bowl, uh, which is the you know top high school players in the country. They convene into the Alamo Dome. Awful venue, by the way. Uh, just a cavernous building that is just way too big. And, uh, you know, but anyways, San Antonio, the Riverwalk, cool little place. Got some great barbecue. Got to walk by the Alamo. And, uh, man, we had a great time. And I would love for you to join in, like the video, share the video, as we sit down for a little informal Saturday night conversation talking about Georgia Tech's defensive coordinator hiring situation. What is going on? There's a lot of panic from some of the fans. There's uh, a reservation from some of the other fans sitting there saying, okay, it's okay, you know, waiting's a good thing. And I'm going to dive into kind of some of my thoughts on this. You know, is waiting to hire a defensive coordinator a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Uh, you know, we're going to dive into this and maybe some of the reasons why. And I can't wait for you to be a part of it. Ralph's in the background. We say hello to Ralph. We say hello to Matt Montega. Jonesy says I, he got that haircut. Jonesy is watching this live on a cruise ship somewhere in the, uh, I'm guessing, in the Caribbean Sea. I don't know where Jonesy is enjoying himself. Uh, Riff Traveler says one minute late, not too bad. I appreciate you, Riff, for being, uh, you know, patient with us. And then Dr. Bob, happy epiphany. All right, let's rock and roll. You know, what is the latest on this situation? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, my ability to be able to cover LSU uh, for 24-7 sports and still cover Georgia Tech with the crowded booth. It kind of has allowed me to have two different glimpses of into the differences of how programs handle this and how they want to go about hiring a defensive coordinator, how they want to go about, you know, just the due process of it all. And so, look, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, I want to say this. And you see what LSU did. One, LSU is on a completely different monetary level than you. That's going to change a lot of things of how they're going to do things. But also LSU identified and knew who they wanted to get well before they knew they were going to, you know, well before it came out that they were going to, you know, let go of their defensive coaching staff. I will say this in the sense of Georgia Tech and Ralph, you can put the first little banner up there for us. You know, the question might be why wait if you're Georgia Tech? Why would you want to, you know, wait this thing out? Why would you want to kind of sit down and you know not and just and just kind of you know let other things happen, let the transfer portal happen, let other things happen? And to, I think tonight I'm going to paint the argument of both for and against here in a little bit of of why it's okay. But you know here's just some of my thoughts on why they wait, and this is pure speculation. Uh, one of the biggest reasons is that could this be someone from the NFL ranks that Brent Key wants to go after? Uh, that could be a possibility. Once again, not saying sources tell us this, not saying that you know anything in particular. Uh, that that could be something where there's a staffer on an NFL staff somewhere that Brinky has connections with, and that's who he wants to bring in. You know, uh, oftentimes you're going to see NFL coaches not really change, especially if they're going to the college level, until after the conclusion 
of their season. Maybe they're, you know, is is whatever. But the, the wait for Georgia Tech, I will tell you this. There has been a lot of conversation among folks in in you know social media platforms, in Discord group chats and everything, you know, in, in message boards about well, does this mean that the hire has already been made? Because there is so little information out there, does it mean the hire has been made? Uh, I'm here to tell you, you know, as of, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and that's, you know, the kind of latest update, you know, on the situation that I've been able to gather is there there has not been a hire made. This isn't something, although it is going to be kept tight-lipped between Brent Key, between Jay Bat, and the, you know, few people that are going to be able to know about this, that's just how the GTAA wants to operate. It's just how, you know, bottom line that Brent Key wants to operate. Uh, you could say operate in silence. You could say all of those things. That that's that's his process. That that's what he, you know, goes about and what he does. And, and yes, Doctor Bob, you're exactly right. Anonymous Discord group chats and unspecified Discord group chats. So yes, and like, comment, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. So why the wait for Georgia Tech? It could be that there's a name in the NFL they want to. Uh, obviously, some of the biggest names that they've been linked to and the c- consistent three guys that we've, you know, just seen and being able to heard and talking with some, you know, people around the profession about is a guy like Zach Arnett. It's a guy like DJ Durkin. And it's Rick, uh, or it's Ty Santucci from, uh, you know, Duke. Uh, that's That's another one that, you know, I will tell you this, just because they hired Jess Simpson, I don't think that means that they're going to hire Santucci. If they do, that's great, and that's awesome. I, I don't believe that that's necessarily a correlating factor in, in all of this. But but the weight for Georgia Tech it could be dependent on a lot of different things. I, I will just tell you, as of Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe into Thursday morning, th- there is no indication that this hire has been made, that it has been approved by the Board of Regents of Georgia, that it has you know, essentially the, the ink is dry. They're just holding on to it. Now, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Do I expect this to still be kept quiet? Yes. Do I expect it when it happens, you know, uh, you know, at, at the table of negotiations to not be leaked to the public? Yes, because that's exactly how Georgia Tech operates in every single thing that they do. And, and like Montega says, you know, Key kind of did this with thing with the Buster Faulkner hire. You know, there were a lot of rumblings that Faulkner was going to be the guy. I will just tell you this, Montega, kind of to your point, I just I think this is going to be quieter in the sense of you you don't I don't I don't think we're going to hear about this until in in really in all in all factors it's about to you know be public I, I think that's how quiet they're keeping this because there were rumblings that Faulkner w- was going to be the guy and in the days leading up to it that he was the guy uh, you know at least from the sources perspective that wasn't you know made out there as public a- as it should have been but. You know, look, that, that's how Key operates. And I'm going to tell you right now, nobody knows. Like, when I tell you, and I'm not talking media, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking, every, or media specifically, I'm talking everybody. You know, any tidbits, nuggets piece that you're reading or that you might be, you know, uh, looking at or anything, like, this is something where people have an idea. You have the, you know... The, your hot boards that you're going to be, you know, make across the industry, uh, you know, football scoop is going to, you know, do their due diligence and what they want to do. But bottom line with this, nobody knows what's going on except for Brent key and the select circle of people who have been, you know, notified within that. Uh, so look, you know, we'll get to this Ralph, uh, you know, let's go to the next section here because this is the big part that I want to talk about. Is waiting to hire a good or bad thing? Okay, so let, let's have this conversation. We're relaxed here on a Saturday night. 
Uh, you know, maybe you cracked a cold one. Maybe you're enjoying a beverage of choice. You know, l- let's just talk about this. And so sit back, relax, want to hear the comments, want to hear your thoughts on this as well. The option of waiting, I, str- I strongly believe, and I've heard this argument on both sides of the conversation, both sides of the aisle per se, that you can really go about this in two or three different ways. And there's an argument for both of them that make a lot of sense. So let's take the, let's take it. Is it a good thing? Okay. Waiting to hire someone just put a, I think it was Matt right there. Put that comment, Ralph, you can put it up. It's talking about how this is a really big hire for Brent key. Uh, look, Brent key's entering, you know, year number two, you've made strides to stabilize the program and I'm going to, pulled the monitor down just a tad, so I'm not covering up the comment, but you've made strides to stabilize the program. You got to a bowl game. You won a bowl game, and we're going to talk about a season review next week about you know what I think it means for the future of the program. But in order to not keep at the status quo of six or seven wins a year and, and to, one, set the floor, but also raise the ceiling of the program – Brent Key's, you know, legacy as a Georgia Tech head football coach is really going to be tied to this because you feel like you've gotten the offense to a place of, look, another offseason under Buster Faulkner, Haynes King theoretically should take a step up and be, I mean, I don't know, Ralph, if you're going to laugh at me in this, you know, should be one of the guys that, uh, you know, the top quarterback in the ACC. Like, that's not a far-fetched, you know, with the numbers that he put up this year. If he cuts down on the interceptions, and we'll talk about that, the numbers that he put up, they're among the nation's best. He and Jay Daniels had, you know, the only two guys that did a statistical category uh, that were similar in a lot of different ways. Here's where it sits for me, though, because Brent Key's, the offensive identity feels like you've found it, okay? So you feel like you have found an offensive identity that you can build on, that you can grow in, far from a finished product. You have to get better. You have to constantly keep evolving in that. But what Brent Key is going to be determined as is if this defense can be any good. Because if this offense is a top 30 offense in the country the next two or three years, but your defense stays you know, higher than 90th in the country, you're a six-win, seven-win team at best. And you're going to depend on – you know, tons of turnovers, which at times can be fun. And you're going to depend on, you know, boneheaded coaching errors on the other side, which at times can be really fun. We have a good time talking about it. But for the longevity of the program, it's not something that you really want to be counting on and basing your entire program's foundation upon. So when we talk about this, that's why this is so important. I think that's why a case of you're not going to be you're not going to see Brent Key rushed into the idea of hiring said coach. Uh, are there some good names on the market that fit Georgia Tech in the financial scheme? You know, in the scheme in general, maybe they want to run. Of course, like I think you know the three candidates that have been out there are guys that make sense for this program and make sense from a recruiting perspective, make sense from a schematic and X's and O's. But I think that's why it's one of the, it's a good reason to wait is. This is a really, really important hire. Brent Key knows that. There's a lot at stake for Georgia Tech. And I've talked about this a lot, folks. There has never been a more important time for Georgia Tech football than there is currently right now. To stay relevant, to stay with their head above water in whatever's going to be happening in the ACC, whatever's happening across college football. Like every single year, every single game is an audition to – 
the higher profile conferences that if we're going to do the super conference thing, you have to showcase why you think you can be a part of it. Georgia Tech, like I said, got to a foundational spot. Now you have to take the next jump, and that's why this hire is so important. So that's the good side of it. You're not going to see him rush into this decision to where he has to make a change next year or he has to make a change in 2025 because then you're talking about, well, where is the program in 2025 if the defense doesn't get any better? Yeah, we've got a top 30, you know, top 25 offense in the country, uh, you know, but we, we don't have a you know defense that can help them out. And you know, I'll tell tell you this. That's why I haven't been super critical either way. I think there's good dialogue to be had, but that's I think it's a good reason why you're waiting. Now, uh, let's take a turn for the bad. You know, is there a bad reason? Well, the obvious one's recruiting. You know, who are these kids committing to? When you invite kids out of the portal, do they have an idea? If you know. And, and I think all sources have kind of indicated this, if there has not been a hire made. So if there's no hire made, there's no private dialogue happening between said, you know, transfer, uh, you know, you know, transfer guy coming into the program, visiting and saying, okay, what's the scheme? Like, like they don't know that, that you don't know. You could have an idea and Brink, he can have an idea of, you know, superlatives of what he wants the defense to look like. And every head coach has that. We want you to be tough. We want you to be nasty up front. We've got to get, you know, really good protection, you know, up front. But look, you've, you've, uh, you've entered a situation where you don't have that. And so a lot is on your position coaches. We already know Andrew Thacker and and Tillman. Thacker and Tillman are not with the program. They did not travel down to Tampa. They're not, you know, currently they're in their roles. So where do you sit with this? Ricky Brumfield is currently, you know, he coached the defensive backs during the bowl game. He's a guy that has experience with that. He has been in the room, you know, with uh, defensive backs all season long in those meetings. It's not something new to him. So I think that, and we're going to pause it here one second. This is very unprofessional here, Bryce. I'm sorry. Someone just entered the draft. Um, Malik Neighbors declared for the draft. I don't. I had to, you know. Uh, yeah, I know. It's a pre-ride. Already had it done. So, anyways, let's get back Never, to this. This is this is Georgia Tech, not LSU. I know. Take I keep getting together. DMs from this guy on 24/7 that keeps asking me questions about it. But yeah, well, he, he's right. Yeah. Let me take a sip of the Coke Zero tonight. Not sponsored. Hashtag not an ad. But all right, let's let's talk here. We, so we talked about the bad and the recruiting of this aspect. Like, guys, I, I, I was at the All-American Bowl, and I was texting Ralph and Will about this. The amount of handlers, the amount of guys, that, you know, agents, family members acting as, as agents. Like, folks, you have to be crazy about recruiting to be on a college coaching staff. You have to have that to be successful. And so that's that's why I think a lot of people have been, you know, very, very critical of the waiting game in hiring a defensive coordinator because you don't have that to point to. You don't have, you know, uh, you know, especially position coaches. You're going to rely on a guy like Ricky Brumfield who, you know, makes a, makes, you know, has a role in this, has a big role down in Louisiana in recruiting. But you're going to have, you know, other names that are going to have to get involved. You know, Aaron Joe, uh, Kenyatta Watson, you know, you have all of these guys that can get involved in this, but from a schematic standpoint. So kids are having to really 
commit to the school and the program, not the coaches, which happens. And, and that and there, that loyalty is there, but also, and it makes sense. Kids want to know what we're going to be running. So I'm not saying that this is a situation where it's going to negatively affect. We're just painting both sides of the picture here for you. Uh, that can be one of the, the bad things, uh, you know, about waiting in this sense. So I will, I, I think I said in the middle, like I understand the disagreement and the arguments about we have to get a guy in here. What are we waiting on? You know, so-and-so is making their hires. Other people are making changes, which is going to inadvertently affect Georgia Tech, you know, down the totem pole. Like I'll tell you this, you know, LSU goes and hires Blake Baker. Okay. Maybe that doesn't necessarily hurt, you know, Georgia Tech, but now it puts Missouri in a chance where they're now looking for a D.C., now maybe Missouri goes and gets a you know a guy from somewhere, and that inadvertently affects. Like there's a chain reaction to all of this. So, you know, people might laugh when you say, "Well, Georgia Tech was never going to hire Blake Baker to begin with," uh, and and that's 110 percent true. Like he, they weren't. But the thing is, is that down the farther down the rungs you get, there's different reaction. There's position coaches that might you know have to switch jobs or switch roles that maybe you know a said defensive coordinator that was going to come to Tech wanted to bring in it. It all is intertwined and it all connects. And so, you know, I, I just really think that this is something where you can see both sides of the argument. You can make a case for both sides of the argument. And, you know, waiting to hire is, look, it's a, it can be a smart decision. It can be calculated or it can be bad. And, and I'll kind of end this part of the show with this. Like, no one's really going to know if this was a good decision or not to wait to hire until we see the body of work. There's going to be a lot of hot takes out there. There's going to be a lot of conversation of was this the right hire whenever the hire's made apparent. Uh, I'll just tell you, like, we're not going to have a real, you know, pulse on that until probably next December when we've gone through another football season and we've either seen drastic changes for the better or we've seen more of the status quo. But uh, it's just going to be, you know, you know, very interesting uh, to kind of watch. Ralph, I want you to make one more graphic as I pull up my shoehorn here. And I want you to make another little thing here. And we just talk about some of the uh, the thing. Just say things we know about the coaching search. Let's do that. So there are some things we do know. We already talked about this. That this is not a situation where the hire has been made as of like Tuesday, th- Wednesday, you know, Thursday. Uh, that hire has not been made. The interview processes are still obviously going on. Uh, you know, in that maybe Coach Brinke has an idea of who he wants. Um, you know, and, and that can happen. Maybe this thing pops off tomorrow. Maybe, you know, this thing pops off Sunday, Monday. Uh, I, I personally think this is something that you're going to see happen past national champion, post national championship. I think that we'll get through the national championship, the end of the official college football season, and then we'll start to see some of those moves made. Another thing that we know, people have said, I just got another, another text message. A four-star offensive lineman just shooting me. Hey, did you get any pictures? I'll send them to you a little bit later. No, you're not watching the show. That being said, so when we talk about things that we know about the coaching search, okay, we know that a hire has not been made as of you know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The question has also become, what's the deal with Kevin Scherer? You know, is Scherer a guy that? Is Scherer a guy that really even wants the DC role? And I'll just be honest with you. Like, I don't think he does. I don't think that he 
has a necessary interest in being that. I mean, this is a guy who has been a DC before. I think that he is really content at either staying as a linebackers coach or as an off the field kind of, you know, analyst role. I think this is a guy who just loves football and it doesn't really have that. So I, I don't even see like the conversation of, you know, is Kevin Sherry candidate. I mean, that's something we kind of talked about from the beginning. Like, I never really thought that this was going to be a guy that was really going to be in the running. I didn't think he really even wanted it. And that's, you know, all indications of, like, I'll tell you this, like, when I say nobody knows what's going on, I'm going to put, you know, uh, CKS in that, uh, Coach Kevin Scherer in that, uh, you know, part of this thing of, like, nobody knows what's going on. So those are kind of some of the things we know about this search. Look, Zach Arnett, his name has not even been talked about in any of the other you know, runnings for anything. Uh, so, you know, bottom line with this search is it's still ongoing. It's one of those things that I think we could see. We could really truly see something pop off at any time. Well, you know, you, you never know. We could get off this live stream right now and see it pop off. But I'll tell you this. What we know about this search is it's going to be kept quiet. It's going to be really, you know, the cards are going to be held super close to the vest in as these guys, you know, try to go about their business and do what they do. I'm really excited to kind of see where this goes in the sense of who the hire is and what his scheme is. And we're going to talk a lot about that. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Like what type of scheme do you want to see? I want to see an aggressive attacking style defense. Like that's really what I'd like to see creative, you know, blitz packages. I think this is a conference where you can really, really do that. You know, two years ago in the ACC, you had some really, really, really good quarterback, uh, you know, uh, play. Now, you could make the uh, the argument of it's not as top heavy or really as elite that you, you know, <laughs> you know, elite that you might think it is. And I don't know. I, I just I think that you could make some waves as a Georgia Tech team in twenty twenty four with an average defense, and it'd be very uh, very interesting to see. Uh, Rift Traveler says, funny that the defense got twice as good under the guy not in the running. I wouldn't say the defense got twice as good under Kevin Scherer. I think it was a little bit better. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So we'll, we'll have to see where this thing goes. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. This is a really important hire, folks. It's one of the more important hires he had to get the offensive side of the football right in year one. He did that. He found some guys that really make a lot of sense in recruiting and, and you know, just establishing an identity. In year two, the defense has to be better. And there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. It's going to be really interesting to watch. But, hey, we appreciate you tuning in. Just an impromptu kind of wanted to, you know, uh, put a pulse on this, what we're hearing, what were kind of the latest things with this. Even talk with some folks today that are in and around the coaching community and, you know, are connected in that and just ask their thoughts on the situation. And they talked about, you know, this is a massive hire. Uh, this is a guy that they have to bring in and he has to make an impact. They really can't afford to take a step back if you're Georgia Tech in the eyes of what's happening around in college football. And so the pressure's on, and I think that's one of the big reasons why they've decided to kind of wait and really do their due diligence in this. Uh, not going to be rushed into that. And there's something to say about that. Uh, it, like, you know, people mentioned, that's kind of how Brinkey went with, you know, Buster Faulkner. And it's so far through, you know, one year we saw – 
you know, how that helps Georgia Tech as a program. I think that we're also, you know, hoping to see that happen in year two as a program uh, under Georgia Tech. But it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of monitor this. And the best way for you to stay up to date with all the latest news is to head over to our social medias, all of their Twitter, Facebook, I guess it's X now, X Facebook and Instagram at The Crowded Booth. You can hang out with us, uh, you know, over on, you know, Discord. We have a great Discord chat right down there. Join the conversation. It's uh, going to be very, very interesting to monitor with all the latest news, notes, tidbits. Head over to crowdedbooth.com for all of our episodes. And if you're just a first time, you know, listener or watcher on the show, we appreciate you. Uh, we're going to be doing, you know, some more content. We got a lot of great college football content coming. Atlanta Braves podcast hosted by myself and Logan Whaley. We'd love for you to, uh, you know, check in with that as well. And as my man Matt down there says, make sure to hit that like button. And make sure to subscribe. I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to say it for the fourth time. This is a massive hire for Brent Key in Georgia Tech in the future of the program. If you want to stay relevant, you got to make the right hire. You did it last year with Buster Faulkner. Can you do it in year two to not only set the foundation, the floor of this program, but to elevate and raise the ceiling of a Georgia Tech program that has a little buzz to it, no pun intended, for the first time in a long time. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He's Ralph Leary in the background. We appreciate you tuning in. We're going to be live tomorrow night, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, previewing the national title game. And we'll probably be live on Monday night, you know, recapping that game and talking with it as we end what has been a fantastic season with you all. And we can't wait to keep creating content everywhere and anywhere you can find us. We'll catch you next time here on Swarm Talk, brought to you by the Crowder Booth. Coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.